I'm Jim Huffman, and this is If I Was Starting Today, a collection of conversations about half-baked startup ideas, growth tactics, and stories from founders, including my own journey as a business owner. All of the content is centered around one question. What would you do if you were starting today? I've been wanting to record this podcast for some while now. So here's what we talk about today. I finally give an update on the $3 million challenge. I talk about what's working, what's not working with it. And then I give a big update around how we kind of switch from going from zero to one with new ideas to focusing on acquisition entrepreneurship. I talk about the company that we acquired. I talk about how we found it, um, our investment thesis, and how it checked all the boxes for being the right company and the right fit. For us. Um, I talk about what we're doing post-acquisition and kind of the three-phase approach of how we're looking to, to grow this thing. So if you're listening and you're someone that's like, oh, should I start something? Should I try and partner with somebody? Should I acquire something? Hopefully this is helpful to see our thought process on how we're going down this path. And I, I really am becoming much more biased that the faster, safest way for being a founder, for growing a company is not going from zero to one but it's from acquiring something that already has something a little bit special. Uh, But we'll see. We'll fast forward to a year, two years to see if this was a good move or not. And at the very end, I want to give you a chance to actually try one of the products of the company we bought. So listen to that at the end. But I hope you enjoy today's episode. Okay, so some of you have been asking about, hey, Jim, what's going on with the $3 million challenge? You haven't talked about in a while. What's up with that? And you are not wrong. There's been some real reasons for that. So today on the episode, we're going to talk about the $3 million challenge, what's going on with it. But more importantly, the the big announcement we have, we acquired a company at Growth Hit. So let's get into it. Now, the $3 million challenge, what was this thing? What is this thing? Are we still doing it? A yes and no. I would say we're doing it, but we're changing the way we're approaching it. So the $3 million challenge was, hey, we have this growth agency called Growth Ed. If we're so good, why can't we grow our own stuff, right? Sounds easy enough. So we we did that. We started building in public. We obviously grew our agency Growth Ed to be a seven-figure business at that milestone probably four years ago. We then stood up a product-based service called One Day Design which is doing conversion-focused websites within a day. And that one's still going. We have hit six figures. We're kind of mid-six figures with that. But the truth is, there was so much connection to that in our agency. We've actually made that an entry product for the agency. So that one's still going. I don't think that's going to hit seven figures this year next because we end up selling growth hit products once people get in with one-day design. What was the third company? It was a direct consumer brand, Handsome Chaos. And that one, that one stings. That one hurts because we validated this idea. We stood up a website. We interviewed potential customers. We actually created ads and we sold a product that didn't exist. And we got a lot of sales. So we're like, perfect. All we got to do is manufacture the product. That shouldn't be hard. Turns out making products really freaking hard when all you know is digital marketing. And we made a product we really liked. Turns out it was really hard to scale it and to source the ingredients. We had to do a reformulation. We're still in the process of that. So I'm calling that a fail. I'm calling that a loss. Could it still happen? Are we still doing the reformulation? 
sure, we're, we're pushing that down the road, but I want to move quickly. I want to be decisive. And we've decided that we're, we're calling that startup something that is not going to work. Now, what is the lesson learned from all of this? For me, the lesson learned is, do you know your strengths and do you know your weaknesses? For us, we know our strengths. We're good at building websites. We're good at marketing. We're good at processes and systems. What are we bad at? Obviously, manufacturing. We're not necessarily proven in fulfillment and operations when it comes to physical products. So how do we still make this startup studio work based on our unfair advantages and our weaknesses? And that's when the idea of acquisition entrepreneurship came into play. So what does that mean? It's like, why do this hard thing of go going from zero to one? Because that's impossible if you think about it, because 90% of startups fail, right? So you're really setting yourself up to go through a lot of hardship. Instead, acquire a company that's gone from zero to one, has traction, has product market fit, but they need help growing. They need help scaling. So with that in mind, we started pointing our eyes on this idea of acquisition entrepreneurship. We started sourcing companies. We started talking to people. We just put the word out there. They're like, hey, we're open for business. We would like to buy a company or partner with one. And all of those attempts of cold outreach, they were not fruitful. But just by being vocal and talking to people, something happened in a very serendipitous way. So about around this summer, we met a company that was a client of ours at Growth Hit. They have a really impressive brand. But then they launched side brand, the side company. And it has an amazing product, but they were just busy. They weren't able to give it the attention it needed. So it just sat there. As we got to know each other, we learned about this product. And we're like, man, we would love to take a crack at it. And when I say take a crack at it, it means we want to be owners in this company and be on the hook for driving sales and for driving profits. So what's the company? The company is Neat Apparel. It's a men's essential brand that makes sweatproof shirts. And what's the most impressive about it is it has this IP, this intellectual property. It was actually devised by a PhD for the military. It was made, it was this material made for soldiers that are going into the desert that they start sweating a lot and they didn't want to ruin the clothes to make them wet. That has bad implications on health and performance. So it's this technology, it's a treatment on a shirt. So when you sweat, sweat actually like runs down in and off of it. So your shirt doesn't get wet. And most importantly, you're not showing sweat stains. So while it actually ended up not being used for soldiers in combat, we saw it's like, wait, that'd be amazing to wear if you're on a first date or you're doing a presentation and you don't want to be some sweaty mess or whatever you're with a date or you're doing that presentation. So we loved it for the intellectual property. And as they launched this, what's really impressive is they have all these early adopters that are just in love with the product. They were actually sold out of everything because they haven't done a rebuy and people were begging for it. But again, this company was busy running the other brands. They, they needed help. So as we come in, we started to do due diligence around it. Like I said, we talked to customers. I spoke to about 20, did interviews with them, did surveys, did an assessment of the actual IP to understand, is there a true moat here? The other things that I like about this, I'm not a huge fan of acquiring a fashion brand. I don't like fast fashion. I don't like trends. I don't like return rates. But here's what I liked. One, it's a men's essentials brand, which means it's a lot of classic, timeless, 
clothes that you will buy to the male persona. They can be hard because a lot of times they're more reactive than proactive. However, with male personas, usually once they find a brand they like, they stick with that brand for a very, very long time. The third thing that I liked, there is actually a B2B and a B2C play here. Obviously, the business consumer play is a direct consumer company selling through Shopify, eventually Amazon, and will go wholesale. But with the intellectual property, there's other brands that want to license the technology to have this treatment on the shirts to use this fabric. And so that's an exciting opportunity. And then you can monetize it uh, a couple different ways through licensing or through the direct consumer model. The other thing that I like, there's so many direct consumer brands that are copy cats or nice to haves. This is a true must have that is solving a problem for people that are in hot climates or people that run hot. I also love that there is really strong margins on this and most importantly, high recurring revenue. This isn't an acquisition-based product like Casper Mattress, where you buy a mattress every seven years. Ideally, you're going to be buying, you know, once a quarter, once a month, depending on the, the persona. So I really checked all those boxes we liked for a consumer company. The next thing was, okay, we like the brand, we'd use it ourselves, check too. It crosses, you know, all of the the check marks as far as it's something that falls into our investment thesis. The next thing was, do we align and work well with this team? What was exciting is they were already a client of ours at Growthhead. So we knew how we worked well together. So we're able to kind of pass what we call the, the no jerks policy test quite well. And then finally, could we come to terms on this? And so with the setup of the deal, there was a combination of equity and preferred shares and also being aligned with what's the goal with this company? Is it, hey, let's make cash and like pay ourselves out or hey, as we make money, let's invest it back into the company and grow and really try and build something big and special. And so we're opting obviously for that that second option. And so everything kind of aligned as we were going through this together to where it was kind of a no-brainer decision to work together. So the, the next big question is, you know, how are we approaching like taking over this brand and, and what we do? And so I'm putting it into kind of three phases of, you know, post-acquisition. Phase one is discovery, where I'm not trying to do anything big. I'm just trying to shut up and listen, talk to customers, understand the landscape to really build like a customer-centric approach to growth. The second thing is what I'm calling infrastructure, where we're understanding, hey, the website, how is it converting? How is it driving traffic? You know, how is the retention strategy with emails and SMS? Um, do we feel good about um, how everything is running from the traffic platforms we're using on paid and non-paid? And then the third component, that's where it gets fun and we get into growth and scale. And so we actually already started that with, you know, we acquired the company right as we're going to Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and I couldn't resist and we had to participate there. And so that was fun. We saw probably the best month of the year in November. And that was like five days after acquiring the company, just really taking advantage of the existing email list and monetizing that to put the word out there. And so that's the company need apparel. That's how we're approaching it. So what should you expect with the $3 million challenge in this new company. So we thought it would be more fun to make the $3 million challenge more focused and just focus on one company. So whether it's the $1 million challenge or whatever we want to call it, we're going to be building in public with how we're growing this new company we just acquired. We're going to be sharing everything. We're doing a brand redesign. And we're going to talk through, you know, what 
we're factoring in when doing the brand redesign. We're also talking about our activation strategy. This is a product that is in, in, in a crowded, saturated market of men's fashion. How do you compete? A lot of people are going to be switching. That's the goal, to switch from one brand to ours. And so we have a very aggressive strategy and how we're doing that. So we're going to showcase what we call offer-led growth and how we're pulling that off. Right now, we're building out probably 20 different ad campaigns and the different formulas we do that. We're going to show all the ads that we're doing. We just enlisted our SEO team to build out the keyword strategy, going after people looking for sweat-proof shirts, the best shirt to wear when golfing, the best shirt to wear when hiking. You know, you kind of, what is your new work week wardrobe? We're really trying to capitalize on that. We're also going to be showcasing how we're running growth. We're already doing planning for next year, building out our growth calendar. Hopefully that can be helpful. And I would love to get feedback on what you would want to learn or have us share as we're looking to build this and grow this and, and, and do some, some big and exciting things. But that's what's ahead as far as doing updates on uh, this new company that we acquired. And hopefully this is the first of the few. So look forward to sharing um, everything we're doing with this one and, and along the way. And by the way, just for listening today, you can go to needapparel.com and just type in the code podcast and we'll give you 20% off to, to test on a product. Let me know what you think. And then you can email me directly. If you like it, we'd love to hear about it. If you don't like it, return it. We'll give you your, your money back. But it's just needapparel.com and use the code podcast. And I would love to hear from you and get your candid feedback and thoughts on it but much more to come on uh, this company acquired and, and what we're building in public. I'll give a few plugs. First, I send a weekly newsletter each Thursday featuring five articles or tools that have helped me. You can sign up for these weekly updates at jimwhuffman.com. Second, for anyone running a startup, if you need help growing your business, check out Growth Hit. Growth Hit serves as your external growth team. After working with over 100 startups and generating a quarter billion in sales for clients, Growthit has perfected a growth process that's hell-bent on driving ROI through rapid experiments. Plus, you'll get to work with yours truly. So if you want to work with a team that's worked with startups that have been funded by Andreessen Horowitz or featured on Shark Tank, then check out growthhit.com. And finally, I wrote a book called The Growth Marketer's Playbook that takes everything I've learned as a growth mentor for venture-backed startups, and I've distilled it down to 140 pages. So instead of hiring a growth team, save yourself some money, get the book, and you can just do it yourself. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'd love to hear feedback. I'm on Twitter at Jim W. Huffman. Are you a business owner in desperate need of talent, but you have issues finding good people? Or worse, you find the talent, but then they want you to pay them double what you have budgeted. Yeah, I know the feeling. This is where Remotely Talents can help. Imagine having a personal HR team that finds you A-plus talent, and here's the best part, it costs you 40 or even 80% less than US employees. It's magic. So let's say you need help with setting up your social ads, your Google ads, email marketing, website development, customer service. Their team sources the top Ukrainian talent for you and they deliver three top vetted candidates straight to your inbox. It's a one-time payment and best yet, they give you a 60-day guarantee to ensure you're happy. Hey, if it doesn't work out, they'll find and replace the talent for free. 
Even better, 3% of all sales go to the Children's Hospital in Ukraine. At Growth Head, our agency, we've hired four people from Ukraine. I am blown away by the level of work we're getting. So whether you need a virtual assistant or a creative director, give this a try. Go to remotelytalents.com right now and start a conversation. See if they can help you. You really have nothing to lose.